Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Zillennial Big Sis podcast. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if you're new here. My name is Emma and I am the host. If you are new here, I would definitely recommend checking out all the previous episodes. And if you're not and you're not following me yet, come on. Seriously, give me a follow and a download. I would absolutely love that. So today's episode, I cannot lie. I've recorded like three times. I probably had three hours or more of content and I've just completely scratched it. And you may be thinking, why? Like, what is so big about this episode? Today's episode, as you probably saw from the title, is body positivity. And it's just a conversation about body positivity as a whole. I really wanted to cover this topic with really good grace and really good information and personal experience, like conversation. So... I'm not going to lie. I did a lot of research about this. This has been something I've been passionate about for a really long time, but I did a lot of research on this topic. And let me tell you, I kind of ended up in a research spiral after spending at least six hours on the internet, just seeing what everyone had to say about this and what I needed to know more than my personal experience. I essentially decided that I was not supposed to be the person to talk about this. After I recorded the original episode, there was a lot of fear that, you know, I would be coming to this space as someone who hasn't earned the right to talk in this space because of the history of it. And I'm going to be kind of diving into that because I think we need to acknowledge the history of this movement and the history of the word. But also at the same time, I realized I've come to the realization that I cannot be a gatekeeper of information and um, people can't gatekeep this issue in general. And as long as I pay respects to the people, you know, and bring up the people who were, you know, were the originators and the original voices of this issue, I think that I can do my best. This is a topic I've been passionate about for years. Like my research hasn't just been six hours of research. I wanted to conduct my own research. So I, you know, released some Instagram polls on my personal Instagram to get some information. But also on top of that, I really dove into parts of it that I didn't know about a little bit more. So I'm not just sharing only experiential things. I'm also, you know, really always trying to learn and try to learn more about this. So I've decided that I cannot gatekeep this information and I'm going to try to pay tribute to the original creators as much as possible. But again, I'm just a human being. So please don't take any of my information the wrong way. Also, I am going to just say at the top of the episode, I'm going to put a trigger warning out there. If you have, you know, had past self-harm or depression, anxiety, or eating disorders, I do want to say that there will be some tough topics in this episode. I'm not saying that it's going to be all completely dark and doom and gloom, but I do want to put that out there. So listen with caution. And, you know, if you are ever feeling uncomfortable during the episode, please turn it off and, you know, find time to recenter yourself and like really get that back because I don't want this to be a source of harm for anyone. I just want it to be a really good conversation and a really good um, way for me to get out information about a topic I'm so passionate about. Let's 
dive right in and talk about the history of uh, the body positive movement and body positivity. So I am going to start off by saying um, the history is very debated on this topic of when body positivity was actually started. This is where what kind of like started my spiral of, you know, information overload. But I'm just going to kind of simplify it from what I've learned. I will be including resources and links to where I got some of my information in the description of the podcast if you are interested in hearing more about that. And also links and plugs to creators that I think are really great examples of this movement and really just like doing amazing things with their platforms. So I'll be doing that. But just to jump into the history. So the reason why it's debated is because there is one camp that is essentially saying this movement came from the fat acceptance movement, which was in the 60s, where fat people had a lot of hard times in society, led them to be mistreated or kind of shunned in communities and not seen or treated as important people or good people. And body positivity came out from the fat acceptance movement in the 60s. And the phrase didn't actually gain a lot of traction until about the 90s and 2000s. And this is where things are a little fuzzy. I can't lie. Some sources say that the movement was like essentially relaunched in 2012. Others say that it never was gone. But regardless of the of the like the logistics of the whole movement, I mean, the movement was established. So people of color, you know, women, people who are disabled, trans, LGBTQ people could be accepted and would feel accepted for their bodies and would be told that their bodies are good bodies. Now that we've talked about the history and I kind of have a little better understanding of where this came from, even though the history is still a little choppy, one of the things that is really common is there's a big debate around body positivity. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try to swerve around this and make it seem like there is no controversy at all. But like any movement, there is going to be controversy. There are going to be people who see this completely differently. And that's something that's okay. One of the biggest controversies in the movement right now that I have heard and really had listened to during my research phase for the episode was the fact that this movement is made for minority groups And it is not intended for people who maybe look like a stereotypical or a societally accepted body. And like that includes white women, that includes skinny women, you know, the whole list goes on and on. And I'm not going to lie. This is a debate right now in the topic. There was just a big journal article that was published about it, about how fitness influencers are taking over the term body positive and how it's like disrespectful to the movement because they're essentially putting a body type to the movement when it should be everybody type. So that is a debate that's going on about the words body positive. So even within the body positive community, there are things that people debate about. There are people who believe that this should only be something for, you know, women of color. This should only be something for women in general, or this should only be something for women over a certain size. And that is not the only place that people disagree. Some people believe that when you have the phrase body positive, that it adds too much pressure to people. I'm going to be talking about body neutrality kind of near the end of the episode, which is something that people have been adopting too. But I mean, there is a lot of debate on this topic and whether you embrace it and you're like, yes, I think body positivity is really important. Or if you think you need to reframe it in your mind as body neutrality, which again, I'll talk about later, that is completely up to you. 
regardless of any of these things that are said today, it is really what is going to make more sense and what is going to be more beneficial in your life. When it comes to your personal life, no one gets to tell you whether or not you can be body positive. That is something that you get to choose and you choose to practice every single day and you choose if that is something that is important to you. But when it comes to sharing information, you know, maybe trying to find people who are not typically in the fitness space or are looking different in the fitness space or in the mental health space, you know, women of color, minorities in general, and, you know, people with disabilities really try to go outside of your typical norm and scope of research and try to find people who are different than you and who have those different perspectives and really lift up their voices and share that with your friends, share that with your followers, however you want to practice. But I think that's just something that's important. There is no person that I think can be excluded from this, but I don't want anyone to feel like there is one pervasive look and there's one overarching look and one one type of person that can be body positive because body positivity is something that is for everyone. So one thing that we can all do together is to lift up voices of people who may not be given getting any of the attention or enough attention for the amazing things that they're doing for the body positive community. And I want to be as open and honest with you guys about what I've been through. And hopefully this can resonate and relate to you. I really struggle with checking myself and checking what I say about myself and you know how I judge myself and how I judge other people. It's something that I have always struggled with. And I'm just going to kind of give some background about my story just so you guys can have a deeper understanding of who I am and where I'm coming from. So pretty much... I was always like a tall kid. I was always like the bigger person, but I was never like the tall and lanky kid. I look back on photos of me and I was like, I was never tall and lanky. I was always tall and thick. And because of that growing up, I mean, I had puberty in like fifth grade. We had to watch this puberty video in our health class where there was like boys and girls and in fifth grade, like this dumb theme song, like just around the corner is playing and it's talking about like, Oh, you're going to develop breasts and you're going to have all this. And literally like half of the girls in my class were just staring at me. Like I was an alien because I was the only one who had had puberty at the time. I was like the only one who had boobs, which is ironic because I have no boobs now, like pretty small ones. There was like me and another girl and they just kept staring at us like, Oh my gosh, they have boobs. Like, I have no idea where they are now, but I was just built so differently than all my other classmates. I just looked very different. And that was something that I really, really struggled with. When I think about my childhood and I think about middle school and things like that, I mean, I got bullied a fair amount. I mean, I remember the very moment that I became aware of what I look like. That moment changed my life into something that still kind of sticks with me today. I was in choir class in fifth grade and I can like still remember what the room looked like. I can kind of still remember what I was wearing. Like this is a moment that's like frozen in time for me because it had such a profound impact. So I'm in fifth grade, I'm in choir class and I'm sitting by this girl and I'm going to call her Jay. Um, it might happen to be the first letter initial of her name, but like this girl sits next to me and she literally just turns over randomly and goes, you know, you have a big nose, right? <laughs> I'm just like fifth grade. Emma is like, 
no, I had no idea I had a big nose. I'd never even thought about that concept until now. Like I have no idea. And I spent the rest of my class literally just turning my head like side to side to see if I really had a big nose. And then I would turn my head and I would look at other people and I would turn my head and I would look at people again and like see. And I was like, shit, she's fucking right. Like I do have a big nose and I can't lie. Like looking back at pictures now, I was like very, my nose developed very, very fast. And I think I've grown into it a lot. And it's actually one of my favorite features now, but like, it's so crazy that at that time that just started a spiral of me knowing that I was different, me knowing and feeling like I was so different. And this was one thing that just turned into this like snowball effect during my childhood. I mean, there were a lot of times, so I didn't really get bullied by girls a lot. I was typically bullied by boys and that's like super weird. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I mean, regardless, bullying is like not the vibe. Please don't bully people, even though I was kind of a bitch too. But I just remember also like there was one time I was walking through the hallway and these two girls came up to me and they looked at me and they said, Emma jump. And I was like, why, why would I jump? Like, and they were like, yeah, just jump. Like we're going to jump. And then I was like, okay, let, yeah, like let's jump. Like these are two pretty popular girls. And I'm like, okay, I'll jump with you. And I jump and they don't. And they just start cracking up when I land on the floor. Like I land on both of my feet and I, they're cracking up and I'm like, ha like what's so funny. And they literally look at each other and then they take a second and they look back at me and they go, oh, we just wanted to see if the floor shook when you jumped. And I cannot tell you, I was so embarrassed. Like this is in the hallway before we go to lunch. Like everyone's walking down. Like I feel like such a fool. I just felt like so crappy. And eventually what happened was like over time after being called a whale and after being called like ugly and being called fat and like all these things all the time, I just became so mean. I became so spiteful and I'm not going to lie. I gave that back to other people and it was other people who may like look, look back and be like, yeah, she was so mean to me. And at the same time, I'm like, yeah. And I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that I was so mean because I just really thought that my self-worth was so low. And I think what makes like all of it worse was that it wasn't just like a school bully thing. It was, it was like in the family too, you know, there would be like remarks and comments and things like that, whether it was from parents or grandparents. One time I went clothing shopping with my two sisters and my grandma and I love my grandma dearly, but like I really want to say, I want to go be able to go back in time and be like, grandma, like that's rude. Don't say that. Like these things are just mean, but I mean, so we're going clothing shopping and my two sisters were told to go to one direction to like the junior's clothing store like section. And then my grandma pulls me aside and takes me to a sales associate. And she literally looks at the sales associate, like holding like hands on my shoulders, like presenting me in front of her. And she says, where should I go for clothes for someone like her? For someone like me? What do you mean? Like what? Why? Why am I not able to wear like these clothes? But 
it was always something because I was built differently. I mean, like other girls were shopping at Justice or Limited too, and I was shopping at Old Navy in The Gap. Like I was just so different than everyone else my age, and I just, I just felt so low and so unworthy and that my body was almost like my enemy and that my body was something that was gross and unwanted and unworthy. The reason I tell you these stories is not for pity, but because I think a lot of you have these stories too. Every single person has looked at themselves and has felt like, wow, my body is just not good enough. Whether you see it or not, and you know, I remember thinking when I was younger, I was like, oh my gosh, if only I could look like X person. If only I could look like them, I would have no problems. Like the world would be easy. And yes, there are pretty privileges and there are skinny privileges and there's white privilege and there are all these privileges, but it doesn't make any other person necessarily guaranteed to love themselves and look at themselves with kind eyes. That's the assumption in the assumption that their life is better and that they have no problems and that it was all associated with that. And that if I can't look like them, I can't be good. And that's something that's really, really tough cycle to break. I mean, those ideals came with me to high school where, you know, again, I was always like the biggest one out of my friend group. I always felt kind of out of place and awkward and like uncomfortable. It was better, but not by a lot. I mean, there was probably a good year where I wore leggings, like black leggings or black yoga pants because yoga pants were in at the time, a pair of sneakers and a black t-shirt every single day for a good year of high school. And when I think about that, the reason why I wore that was not to show off what my body looked like in yoga pants, but it was to literally hide myself. I thought if I did not wear black every single day that maybe, maybe I wouldn't be discovered. Like wearing black every day and like trying to hide my body and clothes and things like, maybe people wouldn't know. Maybe people wouldn't know I'm fat. Maybe people wouldn't know that I'm a bigger person. Like maybe people would just not have any idea if I could hide myself. But it took until I was much older and very recently that I realized like we're like, you are the only person who can't see yourself. And I know that that's very scary when you think about it. Like, holy crap. Like I am the only person who cannot see myself. Like you can look in a mirror, you could take pictures, you could take videos, but you know, angles and lighting and just like perception changes everything. Like I have never looked at myself from someone else's eyes. Like I have no idea. So when we think about our bodies and we think about this asset aspect of like hiding ourselves, it's kind of ridiculous because you're not hiding from anyone. Like everyone can see you. And that should be something that even though it can seem scary is very empowering at the same time. Like you don't have to hide because you can't hide from people. Like you really, like you literally cannot hide who you are from people. You can wear clothing that, you know, makes your waist look smaller or accentuate certain parts of your body, but like you can't hide. Everyone else already sees you. They already see you. And something that can make that less scary is to remind yourself other people aren't going to be as critical about you as you are. I mean, 
so many people are more focused on their own self and like trying to present themselves that they don't even really see the things that you see. And I know that's like so cliche to hear, but it's so true. Everyone sees people so differently. So really taking that and understanding, I don't need to hide because there's no point. There is no point to hiding. What you're going to end up doing is just making yourself feel worse instead of taking that time and just saying, yeah, this is me. This is who I am. I'm going to own it. And owning it is really freaking hard. But with practice and with time, it can become something that is a habit and it can become something super empowering. If we're moving forward on my personal journey timeline, you know, I get to college and in college I, you know, gained the freshman 15 my first year. And I remember coming home for winter break and I literally looked at my little sister and I said, do I look like I've gained a lot of weight or do I look like I got fatter? And she looked at me and she got really uncomfortable. And I said, Claire, do I look like I gained weight? Can you tell? And she was like, I don't know how to answer this. And I said, okay, then I'm going to give you a picture of myself for move-in day. And I want you to compare it to me right now in front of you. And I literally put my sister through that uncomfortable situation just to know what I looked like. And throughout college, I can't lie, there have been many times that I've been walking down the street and I pointed to someone else. I like pointed to a friend I'm walking with. I'll point at someone and I'll say, is that what I look like? And, you know, I'll send them a TikTok and I'll be like, is that what I look like? And for a while, it was like an obsession to find what I truly looked like and to really understand when really is not about knowing what you look like and owning what you look like. It's about owning and taking care of the body that you have and not centering your life and your worth around it. It's about saying, yeah, this is my body and I'm thankful for it and I'm grateful for it and this is who I am, but I'm not going to center my whole life around my body because that's not the only important thing about me and it's a great thing about me, but it's not the important thing. It's not the most important thing about me. As I continue throughout college, you know, every single day I'm trying my best to treat myself right. And some days it's great and some days it's not. And it kind of all came to a big moment where my senior year, first semester, I was in a class where I did a presentation and it was our final presentation. It was the TED Talks. And I decided to do my TED talk about being mid-sized, about like how the plus size community is, all of this, talk about my personal experience. And I thought, oh, this is going to be so easy. This is something that I'm passionate about. But in my class, you know, there's a good amount of guys. I was kind of nervous to do it because a lot of the guys were like stereotypical frat bros. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to judge me and it's going to be embarrassing and all this. So it comes time to present and... I have very mixed feelings. I'm so nervous, but the part I'm the most nervous about is to say what size I wear. And I wear 14 and I can say that and I'm like, okay, I wear 14. It's really not that deep. But I get up there and I'm like, kind of, I'm freaking out. I'm like a little nervous. I'm just, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Am I actually going to do it? Am I actually going to say it? And I get up there and I just talk about my body and I talk about my experience and I give my speech and I say that I'm a size 14 and the people in the audience are unfazed. And at the end of the speech, um, one of the guys in my class that was honestly the most nervous to talk in front of him, he comes up to me. He's like kind of this like short and like muscular, like frat bro. And he used to wrestle and all of this. And he was like, you know what? I really loved your speech. I think what you said about, you know, 
bodies and respecting yourself and all of this. Like your experience was really awesome. Like I really thought your speech was awesome. Like he killed it, bro. And he moved on. And, you know, I was again, super nervous. And by the end of the speeches, there was a time to nominate, you know, who is the best speaker. And I really didn't have any expectations for this, but I ended up winning best speaker for that speech. And it was something that I was so scared to talk about. It was something I was so nervous to put out in the universe, something that like I realized something people already saw, like people already knew what I looked like. They already had that, but I was just giving them an insight to my experience and hopefully help them and help them understand, you know, a perspective of someone who's had a different experience who never really fit into straight sizing and also never fit really into plus sizing and just felt really uncomfortable with her body throughout her whole life. And I felt so good after that speech. I'm not going to lie. I, I literally like kind of, I kind of teared up after, after I got that award because it just meant so much that that small group of people really recognized what, I was saying and recognized that how like my experience had changed it. And I realized it was something that resonated with a lot of different people, whether it's women or men. I got a lot of feedback from that speech in that class. And I read through the notes and, you know, all the notes were saying, you know, thank you for sharing your experience and thank you for sharing that part of your life. And it felt so unextraordinary because, you know, some people were sharing how, you know, they were in foster care or they transitioned and they are, you know, transgender. But like, to me, my story felt so unextraordinary, but I realized it's something that's so relatable because everyone has struggled with their body image and everyone has struggled with understanding and loving themselves. But again, because like, life is always changing and, you know, there are always going to be times that you're going to have to work harder and there are going to be times that things come a little easier. I mean, we get into quarantine, which is something that was really difficult for some people. And I'm not joking. In the beginning of quarantine, I thought I was doing really well. I was like, I only cry once a day. Um, I started working out with my mom and I was doing these like workouts on beach body, whatever. And, you know, every single day I was going hard and I was doing all this and I was weighing myself every day and I was losing weight and all of this stuff came and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm killing quarantine. Like I'm doing a great job. Like quarantine's not kicking my butt. And then I took my senior pictures. Finally, sometime in May, um, I got, I was able to leave the house. You know, we were kind of opening a little bit. I go, with my friend Allie and we go back to Ball State and I take my senior pictures, my grad photos, which I was so excited to do because I was like, oh my gosh, I made these body changes. I'd been losing weight, all of this. Like it was just about the weight. It was just about the numbers on the scale at that point for me. And I get my senior pictures and I get them back. And Polly who took the pictures did an amazing job and she made me feel comfortable and confident throughout the whole thing. But I get my pictures back and I'm like, oh, that's what I look like. Okay, good to know. Like it took just seeing a picture of myself and seeing my arms to take down my whole experience, the whole fun day that I had, the fact that I loved the dress that I was wearing, the fact like all of these things that I loved, it took one picture where my arms looked big. That was like, yeah, I haven't made any progress. My body sucks. And you know what I did? I went straight to Facetune and I started editing my arms in the photo. I really wanted to change it. I just edited it away and I really worked hard to make it look as perfectly edited as possible. And I get to the end and I see the photo and you know how you can like click on the picture on Facetune and see what the original is. And I was like, 
I did that and I just so happened to be by a mirror and I look in a mirror and I look at the photo and I look in the mirror and I literally started crying. And I was like, Emma, you can't do this to yourself. Emma, you're destroying yourself every time you do this. You are hurting yourself right now. And that's not okay. So you know what I did? I closed out the app and I posted that unedited picture. Even though I was scared, even though I felt like I wasn't the most beautiful person in the world, I posted that picture because I was like, I feel happy. I felt happy that day. And I was excited to show that part off. I had been looking forward to it. So I wanted to push past that fear. And you know what? No one was in my comments saying, oh, you look fat, you look ugly, you do these things. Like if anything, the comments were the most supportive and loving things I've ever seen. And sometimes it takes pushing past that fear and like realizing when you're not on the right path. So I made a conscious choice. I said, if I'm going to treat myself better and I'm going to be positive to myself and I'm going to be good to myself, I'm going to stop weighing myself every day because it's hurting me. Ultimately, I am basing my worth off of numbers on a scale that can be literally changed by the amount of salt you eat if you've taken a dump or if the scale is on carpet or like hard floors, like those things can change. And if you look at your weight every single day or if you define yourself by a number every single day and you expect these big changes to happen, you're going to be surely let down every single day. So instead, I try to reframe and I have been trying to reframe my goals. So I made them non-scale goals. You know, I instead, when I would do my workouts, I would say, here's my goal. I want to track my progress and how many push-ups I can do, about the weight I can lift, about, you know, how I feel in my clothing, kind of things like that, and made them less about weight and less about those numbers and more about how I was feeling. And when you do that and you reframe yourself, you are going to innately and naturally just start to take care of yourself more. When your goals aren't centered around things like your measurements or these numbers on the scale, which are important forms of measuring, you know, who like they're important measuring tools, but they're not the only one. When you're not confined and defined by those things, you have so much more freedom. You have freedom to grow and to actually see how much your body can do. And you have freedom to get better at what you're doing. Because let's be completely honest, if you take care of your body and you treat your body amazing and you know you do things because you want to and not because you feel like you need to lose weight or you feel like you need to change, you are going to see even more changes in yourself, whether that's physical or mental or both. You're going to feel those changes. You're going to see those changes. Most amazing thing is when you see what your body is capable of and when you see what your mind is capable of and what your heart is capable of because you've stopped confining yourself to these to these systems that bring you down and instead you try to motivate yourself and like encourage yourself with systems that are positive with systems that are going to help you in the long run. One thing that has helped me throughout my body positivity journey is embracing body neutrality. And I know you may be thinking, Emma, you literally just talked forever about being body positive and now you're saying body neutrality, being neutral about your body. And let me tell you, when you are body positive, you're also body neutral. And in the way that you have to recenter your focus, that your body is not the only thing about you. You were not defined by your thighs or your stomach or your arms. 
That is not the defining characteristics of you. Yes, it's a part of you and it's a part of you that you'll have to work to take care of and to, you know, be kind to, but it's not the only part of you. When you're neutral about your body and body and embrace body neutrality, what you're embracing is this idea that, you know, my body is a part of me, but it's not the only thing about me. You know, I'm smart. I am driven. I have a passion for children or I have a passion for X, Y, Z. Like when you start changing the way that you look at your body and make it less of the focus of your life and you make it less of the center of your worth and you start to become more willing and able to just make all of these other attributes about yourself, the center of your worth and the center of who you are, then it's going to be a lot easier to be positive about your body because it doesn't have the whole weight of the world weighing on it. Like it doesn't have the whole pressure of everything on it because you know that you are not just your body. When you practice body neutrality, you don't have to be, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with myself every single day. And I'm like in love with every single role and cellulite and mark and whatever. No, you can love your body, but you show love to your body and you show love to yourself by understanding and not being hyper-focused on it because you know that there are other things about you. You know that there are other aspects to you as a human. As a human being, we are not solely defined by the size of the pants that we wear and we are not solely defined by what we do or do not look like. Like that's not your sole definition as a person and that is not your sole descriptor as a person. Like that is not everything to someone. So when you really want to be body positive and you want to treat your body better and you want to have a better mental image of your body, you have to remember that you can't focus on it too much. And the thing is with all of this is it's never perfect. No one is ever going to be perfectly body positive. No one is ever going to practice perfect body neutrality. Like it's never going to be perfect because it's something we have to do every day. We have to have and make a cautious effort to take care of ourselves. And that's not just physically, but mentally as well. And it's okay if you had bad days and it's okay if you have good days. There is something so beautiful in being able to have those and embrace them and say, yes, today was not my best day. And today I did taunt myself and I made myself feel small, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to stop and I'm going to try to do better right now. I'm going to do better tomorrow too. And you're going to work every single day and it may feel tiring and it may make you feel weak and it may make you feel lonesome sometimes. But when you work every single day to be a little better, to feel a little nicer to yourself, to feel a little more accepting of yourself, you know what? You're making huge strides. You're making huge, huge, huge strides. My way of just like trying to be a little nicer to myself and be body neutral was when I took that scale away. I said, you know what? I'm going to take that scale away and I'm not going to look at that. That's not going to be my defining factor. You know what will be? Maybe my strength or my job performance or, you know, how kind I can be to people. Like there are other things that define me. So when I took away that scale as the defining factor of my life, I was being kind to myself. I was not putting my body on a pedestal as the most important thing about me. 
And for you, it may not be the scale. For you, it may be going through your closet and throwing away clothes that don't fit and donating clothes that don't fit because those things are sitting in your closet and you just look at them every day or every time you try them on, they make you feel like shit. So you throw them away. And that's a step forward. And it's a way to make your body not the center. When you put on your pants and they zip and they and they clip, or if you put on a dress and it fits, or a blazer and it fits, that gives you the freedom from having to sit there and say, Oh, this is not this is not good. This is not fitting. And it's it's because I'm wrong. No, it's because you're changing. And that's okay. It's okay to change. As people, we are going to change. Another way to be more body positive is to start taking care of yourself, but not because you want to change yourself. You know, exercise because it makes you feel strong and it makes you happy. So whether that is lifting weights or it is, you know, going on a run because you love running or if it's dancing because that's your favorite thing, you're doing this because you want to and because it makes you feel good. You know, the foods that you eat, you eat the foods that make you feel good. So if, yeah, if that's an Oreo, you're going to eat the damn Oreo. But you also know, oh, I, I love the way that I feel after I eat a healthy meal. So I'm eating a healthy meal because it makes me feel good. You know, I'm going to buy clothes for the way that I am now. I'm not going to have thin clothes in my closet. I'm not going to have clothes that are aspirational in my closet. And if I do have an aspirational dress or an aspirational pair of pants or something, it's not going to hang in my closet. It's going to be under my bed. Because when you start focusing on taking care of yourself because you want to take care of yourself and because you love yourself, not because you want to change yourself, you're going to be able to take care of yourself even, even better. If you find that a negative source in your life is your social media and who you're following, Unfollow certain accounts, follow more body positive accounts, follow people who look like you, follow people that, you know, make you feel good about yourself and follow things that make you happy and excited to look at these things as opposed to aspirational people. Because even when we look at different accounts, we may see body types that we're like, oh my gosh, I want to have that, but we have to also be realistic. My body personally is never ever going to look like Adriana Lima's. Like I'm never going to look like that because we're built differently. So instead, I may follow people who have more like athletic or curvy types, um, things like that. And those can be people that are exciting, inspirational. And when you follow people also who are not just focused on like aesthetics and they're focused on maybe career growth or spiritual growth or mental growth, you're going to be having good content surrounding you, you know, more and more on your feeds and on your accounts. And these are all just little ways that we can implement this in our life. And again, when you think of body positivity, it's this big overarching idea and it's this really big goal and it can seem scary and lofty. But when we start chipping away at those things and we start to understand ourselves, what we're going to do is sculpt a better version of ourselves, a version that is more kind, a version that is more caring and a version that is more empathetic to others around you and yourself. I think that when it comes to this topic and when it comes to this and this understanding of who you are 
it does have to be something that you grow with and it changes with you because let's be completely honest. I think I hear so much and myself included. I'll look back at pictures of myself from when I was 14 and I'm like, oh, I wish I looked like that. I really did. But I know when I was 14, I didn't like what I looked like. I didn't feel confident in my skin or comfortable in my skin. So we need to stop idolizing the past and start looking towards the future and looking for those little ways that we can just do a little better and feel a little better every single day. And when we start to reframe our minds and start to have these goals that are less about these numbers and these rigid systems and more about growing in yourself and just, you know, taking these small goals and then rewriting goals and redoing things and resetting things and failing and then coming back and trying again. What we're doing is creating a more resilient person and we are just learning to love ourselves fully and more wholly at the end of the day. So when things get hard and you're really dogging on yourself and you're just not having a good time, Take that second, feel that feeling, but then also say, what can I do in this moment to help myself feel a little bit better? Whether that is unfollowing someone, whether that is throwing away a pair of pants, or that is, you know, reframing your mentality or hiding your scale or looking at yourself in the mirror and giving yourself a thumbs up. Take time to find those moments. Take time to give yourself the grace and the kindness that you would want to give other people. And just remember that this is something that you will have to practice every single day. And when we chip away at these little goals and we have these little successes and checks, it's going to make us feel so much more amazing as we get older and as we grow in ourselves. To close off today's episode, I just want to share some things that I learned from my Instagram poll for my personal followers. So when I did the poll, I had both guys and girls responding and I got an actually really interesting response level. So first things first, I asked them, do you consider yourself body positive? And it was about 55% said yes and 45% said no. So it's pretty split down the middle. And when I was looking through, I was trying to find like a common thread between the yeses in the nose. And I can tell you there is nothing in common about those at all. I mean, all types of people were saying yes, all types of people were saying no. And I think the important takeaway of that is, you know, you may look at someone and be like, oh my gosh, they are, you know, what I want to look like. They are, you know, my ideal body type and my ideal um, facial structure, my ideal skin tone. But I think it's just crazy. And when you really think about it, people are so much more critical of themselves than they are other people. So I think it's much more of a complex issue than whether someone looks like socially aesthetic or not. And honestly, I just think that it's so interesting. So the other question that I asked the followers was, do you have a favorite part or least favorite part of your body? And if so, share. And one thing that I thought was interesting is I did not get any answers. Actually, I only got a few answers from guys on this one. Most of them were girls. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's crazy because I did find a cl- common thread with like the least favorite. The least favorite parts were really not surprising to me. It was things like tummy, um, legs, arms, back, those things like that. Um, were just definitely, definitely common threads with the least favorites. But what I thought was super cool was the favorite parts. Like I had someone say their favorite part were their gums. Um, Someone said that their favorite part were their calves. 
Another response was very common, which was, but I got someone that said their favorite part were their hands or their ears. And honestly, I've never even thought about that. But hey, go you. I love that. I got some things that said their favorite part was their skin tone um, and their favorite parts were their big boobs or their little boobs. And I just thought it was really cool to see everyone's like favorite part of themselves as well as, you know, maybe their least favorite part. And one thing that made me realize is like, we are so critical of ourselves all the time, but if we can find something bad about ourselves or we can find something that we're not loving at the moment, we should always be able to find something that we are. So that is just something that I wanted to leave you guys with. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining in. And I've got some really exciting things coming this week. Um, maybe, maybe it could be a potential launch of something, but you'll just have to wait and find out. Can't wait to have you guys listen next Friday. Also, I'm so sorry. I still suck at outros, so I'm working on it. But thank you so much for listening. If you aren't already, give us a follow at Zillennial Big Sis on Spotify. I am currently trying to get this podcast on Apple Music as well. I'm sorry, Spotify. I don't know if I'm going to get flagged for saying that, but I have had some people that said they don't have an account, so they're just listening on Spotify at the time, even though I think it's a better platform anyways. But that's just my opinion. So I'm getting that on Apple Music as well as really fun, exciting things are coming up soon. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Zillennial Big Sis Podcast.